In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we celebrate uh, the Sunday after Epiphany, uh, and it's connected uh, to uh, our Nativity service. And the hymnody kind of kind of bounds back and forth with these ideas. The past feast, the feast of Christmas, was joyous that had the angels proclaiming. But this coming joy is greater yet, for this has the forerunner preparing. Christmas glad tidings that had blood spilt at Bethlehem wailed in childlessness. And this, the way, this was, this has water giving birth to many sons. Wow. Then the star proclaimed to the wise men in this feast, but now the Father reveals this to the whole universe. The incarnate Lord coming and revealing glory to thee. We hear in the hymnity, prepare, O River Jordan, behold, Christ is coming to be baptized by John in the Jordan. Rejoice, O barren wilderness. Dance in gladness, you hills and mountains. Eternal life is coming to proclaim Adam. Forerunner, called out with a voice of one crying, prepare the ways of the Lord, make straight his paths. Those are words of Isaiah the prophet. And we see also in the hymnity, it's really wonderful to come to Matins because uh, you get these kind of blasts of great hymnody. The real power of the feast is in Matins. So uh, I know many of you uh, struggle with that, but that's where you get the meat. The meat is in Matins. So uh, I'll give you a little taste of a hamburger here. O Master of all things has appeared to us plainly that in the Jordan streams he might mystically burn up all sins as in a furnace. Since he is merciful and supremely God, skip for joy all creation. For Christ the Lord has been baptized for our sakes. He that in truth had been well pleased as God to save the race of mankind. Beloved in the baptismal waters of the Jordan River, your sins are burned up like as in a furnace. And when Christ entered the Jordan River, all creation skipped with joy. The personification of creation in the entrance of Christ into the water. So we see this great power in this feast that uh, coincides with that of nativity, that we had this small announcement at nativity and then the glorious announcement at Epiphany. So today, beloved, light, da light dawns in the darkness. The darkness of this world, the darkness of our life, the light of Christ dawns today. And it dawns anew for us. The kingdom has come into the world. The kingdom of God has come into the world. You know, we walk around like it's not here. We walk around like it's not present. The Lord said the kingdom of God is at hand. John's message was repent. 
for the kingdom of God is at hand. And when the Lord appeared, it's here. Live your life like it's here. It's not going to. You're in it. Live like you're in it. Rejoice because you're in it. He ascended and descended so He can fill all things with Himself. He fills Hades with Himself. He fills the earth with Himself. He fills heaven with Himself. You know, we, sit, we pray a great prayer before the icon of Christ that He comes to fill all things with joy. How many things? A couple? Uh, uh, several? Many? No. What? All. Say it together. All. All things are filled with joy. My goodness gracious. How many things? All things. Must be burning up the sins over there. Fire burning up the sins. Somebody must have prayed for forgiveness and they're burning up their sins. So we have this, this powerful moment in our life that God fills all things with joy. Everything is filled with grace. All of creation, every circumstance, even the ability for evil to be overcome with good is filled with joy. He doesn't fill evil with joy. have got to be careful of that. What he does is gives the opportunity for evil to be overcome with good, which then brings joy. So what a powerful moment we have in the life of the church today to celebrate all things filled with joy. Every circumstance, every being, every plant, every tree, every worm, every spider, every snake. Filled with joy. Filled with Christ. We need to rejoice and be able to touch this. All things, beloved, then become a means to communion. All things become a means by which you can draw near to Christ. Everything. Not one thing. Not one circumstance in your life. Not one moment in your life. Not one thing in creation is not there to do but one thing. And that's help you to commune with God. Everything. Everything. So I guess we have no excuses. So, what's this mean to us? The epistle teaches us, St. Paul says, that if this is the case, then, and his gifts were to some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, equipped with the saints, the work of ministry, building up of the body, until we attain to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, the mature manhood, and repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We live in the kingdom. Four things happen because Christ filled all things with joy. Unity, knowledge of God, manhood, and the presence of the fullness of Christ. So for us today, I want to encourage you in these four things. First is the unity of the faith. There's nothing greater than for people to dwell in unity. Nothing. Nothing greater. There's nothing greater in the Christian world than to love one another. Christ even said, you will know them by their love. That's how you'll know them. In fact, St. Justin, the beloved martyr, appealed to the emperors during the persecutions as, why are you killing people that love you? (laughs) 
They're kind and generous people. Don't, don't slaughter those people. And the emperor agreed. We won't do that anymore. He, the, stop, the persecutors were stopped because of the love of the people for each other and for their communities. So we need to understand that unity, that love for one another is so important for us. And I want to encourage you in several things in this. Because, you know, the unity begins at the top a bit. So we have to understand that we want to see unity in the, in the world, in the Orthodox world. And I want to tell you that the, your, your uh, five bishops here in the uh, West are, are unified. We had a pan-Orthodox conference I spoke about earlier, and we had uh, people from the Serbian Archdiocese, from the Royal Court Church, from the OCA, from the Greek Archdiocese, from the Antiochian Archdiocese, all come together under one roof. All bishops were present. It's powerful. There's a unity now that's happening among the Orthodox bishops. There's an Episcopal Assembly that's beginning to bring unity to all of America. So there's a, a unity, a powerful unity that's beginning there. And we, you have to rejoice also that you have the unity of your Central Coast clergy, all up and down the coast, the eight churches that are here, including the monastery, are all together, one. And today, we celebrate even a special unity. We celebrate with St. Barbara's Church at the Outdoor Blessing of the Water. So you begin to see how unified things are, how important it is to see this unity and to, to express this sense of Christ filling all things. So for us, important. But for you and for me, we need to be unified. We need to be at one. We need to be loving one another. We can't let things get in the way. We can't let things get between us. The importance here is that we fight and fight and fight to stay in love with one another, to stay forgiving, to not resent. But this is, this is the picture of the Christian community. If we don't have that, we don't have the Christian community. We don't have that. If we don't have that effort, we don't have the Christian community. So, beloved, make that effort in your families. Be unified. Be in love. Be forgiving. In your neighborhoods, in the church, in your ministries, all places need to be filled with love and unity. That's so critical. That is the Christian way. That is the sense and understanding that Christ does fill all things. We have to prove it to the world by this. So may God bless us and help us in that. And then the knowledge to be the, to, uh, to be the sons of God. Knowledge of God. You know, it was really wonderful. I remember one time we had a uh, talk. Mother Victoria, she's in the back. I remember it very vividly. She, we talked about uh, the knowledge of God, knowing God. And so she went through this beautiful uh, lecture on the not knowing God. And then she says, well, you know, you really don't get to know him by, uh, by understanding him. You know how you get to know him? 
You can't leave until you get this answer correct. You know how you get to know him? You pray. And she said, it was so wonderful, she said, now let's really get to know him. And we turned around and did compline. You get to know him by praying. You don't get to know him by reading about him. You get to know him by engaging him, uniting to him in prayer, becoming one in prayer with him, drawing near to him, developing a relationship with him in prayer. And that prayer is both corporate here in the church and it's personal at home at your altar. We need to, each of us, understand that we come here to know him. We get up in the morning not to do our prayers. You do that? I've got to do my prayers. You walk away saying, oh good, I did my prayers. No. You know what you get up to do? To be with God. To be with Him. To dwell in union with Him. It's not to do your prayers. You know what will happen when you get up to do your prayers? You'll stop getting up. It just doesn't work. But when you get up to draw near to God and be with God, all of a sudden... You're making contact with the creator of the universe, your maker, your lover, the one who cares more about you than anyone. That's who you make contact with when you do your prayers. So, beloved, know God, but know you understand him deeply in your heart in prayer, corporately, and personally. And thirdly, to be mature. Mature in Christ. Mature manhood. To be true Christian people. And you know, the bigger struggle with that for us is, for me, it's like, well, what's to be mature? It's to start acting wisely. Make wise choices. You know, I had a conversation the other day you know, trying to put life together. What do I do here? What do I do here? You know, we, we have to be able to consider things and make choices wisely, not spontaneously, not emotionally, not even enthusiastically. Wisely. You know, the story of enthusiasm for me is I had this great plan for Lent. I wrote to uh, Bishop Basil, who had instructed me, about Lent, and I told him what I was going to do, and he didn't write me back. And then, at the end of the week, where I failed miserably at what uh, he had, uh, I had told him I was going to do, he wrote back immediately and said, beware of enthusiasm. Whoa! We don't operate with, we operate after we make a wise decision, then we operate enthusiastically. Not to make the decision, but after we make the decision wisely. So let's be wise, wise Christian people, doing the good thing. What's that good thing God puts before you today? What's that good thing, what's that good thought God wants you to think? What's that good word God wants you to, to speak? What's that good deed wants you, God wants you to do? Be wise, beloved. Be mature Christian people.
And finally, he says that we can live in the full stature of Christ. You know, beloved, our reference point in this life is Jesus Christ in our heart. You know, what we tend to do, and I do this as much as anybody, maybe more, is we tend to operate from our mind outwards. We think and then we do. We think and then we do. We think and then we do. And then we go, oops. We think and then we do. We think and then we do. We go, oops. You know what we're supposed to do? You're supposed to let your mind go into your heart and be with God and then do. You know when Paul said, it's no longer me, but it's Christ in me. He got it. He knew how to live. It's not me. It's not my thinking. It's Christ in me. Then I do. Because then it's Christ doing in me, through me, by me. Wow. What, a, what an opportunity we have, beloved, to, to live in the full stature of Christ. It's available to you. It's available to you. Allow your mind to descend in your heart a bit, be with God, and then act from there. Act from there. So, today again, let us rejoice for Christ has come today to be baptized in the Jordan River by St. John for our salvation and the salvation of all creation. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.